Hello and welcome to episode 33 of the Gamers Without Borders podcast, a podcast about video games, technology, and anything else we can think of. As always, I am Nick. Now, unfortunately, uh, once again, no dapper this week. She is feeling a touch under the weather, uh, so I wish her a speedy recovery. Uh, but this week we have a special guest, uh, sadly not a, not a famous podcaster, but a very not, a very old friend of mine. I'm joined by my friend Adam. Hello, hello. It's nice to be on. Um, I'm really looking yeah. forward to a uh, a very fruitful discussion, and uh, hopefully uh, I uh, live up to some expectation. It's fine, it's fine. But yeah, background for the listeners, it's quite funny. Adam just messaged me out of the blue, being like, oh, I'd love to be on the podcast one day. And I was like, well, we're always looking for guests, so why not? And then here we are. Here I am. Yes, here you are indeed. Um, but yeah, so we'll start with what we've been up to. Uh, for me, I've been, as always, uh, busy with work at uni. It's been a rough week, especially for someone who actually studies American politics. Oh yeah, it's it's. I feel we can't not mention it, but I'm. It's not our place to discuss it in full. It's been a rough week, but we'll just have to see how sort of world politics turns out in the next few years. <laughs> well, all I can say is is that the pound's gone up. Which means yes. that our money does better. So yes, it has. But yeah, it was it was quite funny. I was I, I was waking up periodically uh, in the night because obviously for for us uh, in the UK, sort of the election result was occurring in the middle of the night. And as I as it was getting progressively further into the late evening, early morning, Trump was getting further and further ahead. And I was like, oh no, this this, this isn't isn't going to go how we all thought it was going to go. <laughs> I just wish that I'd bet on Leicester to win the Premier League. Brexit mm. and a Donald Trump win, I could have backed myself fifteen million pounds or something like that. <laughs> wow, yeah, because someone, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah, anyway, but yeah, so yeah, to our American listeners, I hope you'll be all right. <laughs> I'm sure it won't quite be as bad as everyone thinks it will be. Our, bo- uh, our, bo- the... our borders are open for now. Yes, for now. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I've been playing a little bit of Rocket League because I'm still in that sort of. Uh, transitional phase now that I've finished Rise of Tomb Raider I don't really have another big game to start uh, I have now after finally smashing through the barrier of level 75 I'm up to now level 90 on uh, Purgle Blast which is nice so I've had I've played sort of the last set of levels I'm now I'm at level 90 is the next boss stage so guys over at ABTS god knows how long it'll take me to get through that one well so done. fingers crossed well done for getting to, uh, to level 90 and beyond yeah, but if you think that's an achievement, uh, long-time listeners will know that I've sort of been over for the last few months playing the mobile game Infinity Loop. It's a very simple, uh, low-effort puzzle game. I can now comment that I'm at level 3000, technically 3001. So yeah, I'm, my obsession has not has not dipped. That's, it's the perfect thing for if I have to kill time for five minutes waiting for a lecture or something. That's, just a, that's, that that's a lot of levels. Yes, because it has technically infinite levels, as the name would suggest, because it's like, it's procedurally generated, but in the good way, not the No Man's Sky way. Ah, oh, well, <laughs> yeah. let's not go on No Man's Sky. Unfortunately, I haven't got a PS4, so I can't play No Man's Sky. And you have saved yourself a lot of money, heartache and pain. I've not been... for not not having a not having a PS4, but just not playing no. I can I can remember we were at a pub about five months ago. Oh Jesus! And yeah, we, and we were sitting down. And we were talking about you was talking about No Man's Sky, and you were so hyped up for it. You, oh. were, saying, you were saying that this was going to be the best thing ever, better it than was, oh. I don't know. Oh. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, that, the hype back then was strong. 
and yeah. obviously that's not lived up to whatever expectation you had it's been fatally shot down yeah to the point of they were possibly facing like legal action but well who knows uh, yeah, and then lastly, um, anyone who was also another, yeah, any long-time listeners of the show will know that I'm also uh, a big Formula One fan, as also is Adam. We may or may not get get into some F1 chat, but Maybe. I just want to highlight for anyone that likes it. I discovered uh, a nice podcast. It's called the F1 or the FF1S podcast. I see you can get you can probably get the pun they're going for there. It's a it's a really it's a really funny podcast. Uh, I've I've just listened to a couple of episodes today. Uh, you can tell the presenters have uh, a, re- a really good sort of rapport with one another, and like while it is quite jokey, they do they do discuss uh, the races, things like the driver market, how the season's going, especially now that we're coming into the tail end of the season. They do do that slightly aggravating thing, although I do understand why podcasts do this. That I think they record in public places, so there is quite a lot of background noise and people talking. So if if you're when you're listening to the show, it's quite difficult to sort of screen that out. But I do fully understand the uh, podcasts that do that. So yeah, if anyone's uh, an F1 fan like me and wants a good F1 podcast, I would thoroughly recommend them because they seem to be very funny. I've only just worked out the pun. Yo, uh, there we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, because um, yeah, because we've uh, I will touch on it briefly. A lot of, we've had a lot of um, F1 news this week actually because the drivers' markets finally calmed down. Absolutely, I've. Um, I think next yeah. season you've only got a few seats left. So the only seat is Esteban Ocon's Manor seat. Is the only open seat left. Oh, okay. Well, uh, the seat that Esteban Ocon did have before he went to Haas. I really need to catch up. <laughs> okay, I, I can give you a quick rundown. Basically, uh, Nico Hulkenberg has gone to Renault. Uh, oh, Kevin one, Magnus. Yeah. Kevin Magnussen has gone to Haas. Uh, and. Uh, Esteban Ocon has gone to Force India, so uh, Esteban Gutierrez doesn't have a seat, and the only free seat is a manor. Currently, that's that's really the sort of the extent of all the movement now. Oh right, good. I'm I'm now yeah. I'm now fantastically educated on that. I'll I'll actually yeah. now attempt to watch more F1 next season because I really have not been doing that this season. Did you? Oh, to be fair, you didn't miss a huge amount this season. Like it was, it's been on. It's had some good races, but on the whole, not great. Oh, there you go, then. <laughs> you have missed the fun of Sebastian Vettel swearing. Oh, no, I, I saw that one. I did catch up on that one. That was well, that, quite funny. That, 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 yeah. So good. And the fact they try and bleep it out, but they always seem to miss it. So you can always tell what they're saying. Yeah, which is, you know, not very good sort of pre-nine o'clock watershed yeah. material. But who cares? It's funny. Yeah. Those blue flags! He's he's really not happy. <laughs> but um, anyway, enough of that. I don't want to bore our collect our listenership. Uh, what have you been up to? Um, well, uh, as uh, me being me, uh, I'm just been working. Uh, I do telephone market research, which is perhaps the most boring thing you could ever do, but I like it. Um, in respect, if you'd playing Peggle Blast, I have now started pay- playing Peggle Blast as well. Um, I've only I've only yes. really c- cleared the first section. Um, yeah, but it's actually I think as as enjoyable as the uh, as the PC version, which obviously I, yeah, which I you know I I grabbed a very long time ago. I'm sure much like yourself. I think I actually uh, also was inspired to play that because you had also played it as well. Yeah, no, no, that was right. That back when I actually used to use Steam. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. well, when well, we both did, in fact, the amount of hours yeah. we clocked up on some games was 
There's quite. Yep, I look back. I've got about three hundred hours. In I've TF2. got nine hundred. How? Um, a, a, was, a combination yeah, of it could yeah. have been probably from a lot of idling. Oh, of course, because you were the part of the scummy subculture, right? Yeah. Well, not <laughs> not completely. I didn't do it royally. I did it, you know, every now and again. But he it, it, it realised it does add up. I've seen people that have had nearly five, six thousand hours, and I've asked, and they've yeah, been like, well, no, how did you do that? Oh, wait, you idled, didn't you? And it's like, yeah, I yeah. idled. Right, okay, fair enough. And it, Until they... F- yeah, until they fixed the drop system and basically made idling impossible. Yeah, once they started bringing out DLC, you know, and the key system and, and all that, it was... Oh, God. It was... I don't know, I slowly started to go off it. I felt the the gameplay was more focused around that rather than the yep. actual, you know... Really, I should, once I've... Uh, once I've t- you know, The next thing that I'm going to touch on about what I've been doing, um, which is fixing my computer up, once I've got a decent graphics card, I might actually pick up and start playing that again because uh, I enjoy yeah. playing TF2. As simple as, as, simple yeah. as it is, there is a lot of uh, yeah. tact, you know, tactical thinking involved. Yeah. But yeah, so... Um, you should so, Sorry, you should also... I should... Shameless self-promotion. You should read an article I wrote uh, about why Blizzard's equivalent Overwatch should not make the same mistakes that Team Fortress 2 did and how it shifted away from its core gameplay mechanics into monetization and its own economy and its own training system and how it kind of managed to forget its own soul. But anyway, you're Yes. Yes, um, so the reason why I probably, you know, I haven't been actually playing games in a while. Um, I've got tons of games on my library. Um, I've pretty much got all the Valve games because I absolutely love the Valve games, you know. Uh, Counter-Strike Source. Oh, you're not, you're not upgraded to Global I have Offensive. got Global Offensive, but I've played, I didn't really play much of it. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, yeah, I, I yeah, I stopped playing Counter Strike because I was never very I good think, at it. Yeah, the f- half the problem was with I was di- I was okay at at Source, but with Global Offensive because the game group that I was with played in incredibly competitive games, and I was to you know to the to the highest extent terrible. I think I just kept getting angry to the point where I was like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. So I've, I've, yeah. I I played about yeah. four hours of it. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, um, the computer that obviously I've had now for about five years, but it's got some excellent specs on it. You know, for a five-year-old PC, you know, four gig of RAM um, on the on the graphics card, uh, eight gig of actual you know RAM itself. It's got an i set. Yeah, it's got i seven. It's got an i seven processor. I mean, come on, five years ago, an i seven processor was like wow. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 amazed that somehow my te- my nine year old nephew somehow managed to fry the graphics card by what I believe was by playing Roblox. um, the hard drive was also knackered as well but that was replaced about a year ago anyway so I don't know what happened there but yeah so I'm now currently running uh, my graphics off of the the, 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 the dedicated one off the motherboard so uh, I can't really play anything at the moment I can at the most run a YouTube video but uh, I'm considering I'm touting with getting a gaming laptop because I'm quite a mobile person these days and uh, it might just about spur me on to actually get back and uh, start playing something. Yeah. Yeah, I think these days, I think gaming laptops as a platform have improved the components they're now able to get into laptop shells, making it a much more feasible uh, option. Absolutely. I think, you know, the some of the old Razer laptops, I think, of, um, you know, a, a mm. few years ago, I don't think that 
they would have really sufficed to much. I think as long as I can play Left 4 Dead 2 at its highest spec, as long as I can play Left 4 Dead 2 at its highest specs, I would be happy with a gaming laptop. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Left 4 Dead, this is a minor bit of news. Did you hear the um the developers of I well definitely the first one. I don't know if the same developers stayed off the two have uh, released a basically finished but it was never released campaign for Left 4 Dead. Oh 1. no, I did not know that. No. No, you can um yeah, and they've put it out on the web. Oh, wow. You can download it. It was clearly cases of I think something that they never got to put in. Yeah, they've now said well oh, you can fantastic. have it. Well, I haven't actually got Left 4 Dead one, but if uh. No, I don't either, but no, apparently, yeah, they've just... Yeah, I'm not... I think you did need to have Left 4 Dead 1. I don't think you can get it if... Well, I don't know. Uh, it's just a it's just a headline I've seen. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, which is good. It's nice to know they're still supporting that game because I know there was a lot of uh, controversy at the time when Left 4 Dead 2 released because a lot of people that own Left 4 Dead 1 kind of turned around and said, well, Valve, you said you were going to support this game for a while and now you're coming out and bringing a sequel. Like, that clearly means you've abandoned yeah. us. I, f- I found I found that yeah, Left 4 but... Dead 2 was still a, a really really good you know that's yeah. that that game sold so well that, that you know it was it's mm. it's still popular even now I mean when they even, I think even when yeah. Steam do sales on that game you still find it, it will be in the top sellers when they do a price reduction maybe for the like maybe for like the summer sale yeah. or the winter sale you know. When, mm. I mean, when those when, I can remember when those uh, those days used to come around when the summer sales come on, it would be a case of, you know, yep. turn around to him and going, "Gentlemen, prepare your wallets." Yep. Yep. And then realizing, yeah. uh, oh, oh god, I'm going into my overdraft. Yeah, it's, Steam sales are brilliant and terrible. Yeah, the last Steam measure. sale that I can recall buying, the only thing I bought was Train Simulator, and I didn't really, I didn't really play much what? of it. It wasn't. I think I think the last flat out Steam game I bought was I think it might have been Grow Home actually, which is very good but almost impossible to play without a uh, console pad. It's not it's very difficult to play no. on a keyboard. <laughs> and although I famously when I tweeted this out, because the, the company that makes it is so small, it's a subdivision oh. of Ubisoft. One of the developers on the game replied to the tweet and was like, "Oh no, quite a lot of people play it with mouse and keyboard." Oh. And then I felt really bad because I had the developers talk to oh, me. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's a good game. It's a it's a nice game in that I only bring it up because the sequel recently was announced. I don't mm. know if it's come out yet. <laughs> but yeah, um we will shift unless you have anything uh, else you wanted to touch on, we'll shift into of gaming course. news. Um there's really not much news this week. It's just been a bit I think it's just been a bit of a slow week. This episode may well end up being a bit shorter than our normal episodes. But yeah, there are a couple bits of news that I have found uh, are Nintendo-related. So Nintendo have announced that uh, production of the Wii U will be ending in Japan quite soon. Uh, This is significant for two reasons, because it kind of... It it shows that they feel the console has reached the end of its lifespan, because it's not really a case of... Console makers don't usually abandon their previous console when they release a new console straight away that's normally no. not what they do so if you look at the likes of sony when they launched the ps4 like games for the ps3 were still being made uh, for many months into the ps4's lifespan uh so yeah it's it's quite significant that nintendo is clearly trying to draw a line under the wii u but it's also significant because rumors have been circulating around that this was going to occur sort of in the last couple of weeks and nintendo had initially come out and said no that's not true we continue to support we're going to continue to support the wii u etc etc but no now they've come out and said yeah they're stopping production in japan 
and I don't think much more stock is being sent out to North America and Europe. It's the trouble with the Wii U. I mean, I have a Wii U. Um, Congratulations, you're one I, of the people that does. And I have I know about. I know. I'm being no, so, I'm being snarky. It's, it's, it's sell. fine. You can you can you can be as snarky as you want because um, I thought it was dreadful. Like I do not. I think it was a good concept. I think it could have worked, but the trouble was. It was just never going to live up to the Wii. The fact that that yeah. that created such an earthquake, a good one, of course. Mm. Uh, I just don't think it could have, you know, ever lived up. So I think the Switch now has a really good platform yeah. to be a good seller um, because there's no kind of like, oh, it must be, you know, sell as good as the Wii. You know, it must be as family orientated yeah. and as mass market as as the Wii. You know. So I only ended yeah. up. I think I've only got. How many games have I got for the Wii U? Free, because mm. I never bought any. Yeah. To be fair, like, yeah, it didn't have the most extensive library, but I will say, like, I personally don't own one. But from people who have one and opinions I trust a great deal, do say that the Wii U has a few, although admittedly not a huge amount, of genuinely outstanding games. Uh, the likes of yes, Mario Kart, uh, Bayonetta Two, Wonderful One Hundred One. Uh, there are others, but I can't think of them off the top of my head. So yeah, it's it, yeah, it was never going to be a Wii, and obviously people have said many times it was marketed very badly in the fact that a number of people at its launch didn't even realise it was a new console. Many thought it was just a peripheral add-on for the Wii. So yeah, it's it will go down in history as a misstep, but not a flop. Well, well but, uh, possibly it has a it has a bit of a cult following, but yeah. But like you say, I think coming off the back of the Wii, they were never really gonna. I don't. I wouldn't have seen them doing that well. Because twice in a I row. think one of the things that attracted, and obviously historically, what made the Wii so sell so well was because it bundled Wii Sports for nothing. And yeah, yeah. I mean, with the Wii U, you got Nintendo Land, but you had to pay for it. And that was kind of yeah. that was a game that demonstrated what you could do with a Wii U, and it did it rather well. Yeah. I thought it was quite fun. Yeah, yeah. Nintendo Land was we use Wii Sports in the sense of it's the game that sort of teaches you the point behind the console. Absolutely. That makes sense. I mean, one of the other games that I I have and I thought was quite enjoyable was Zombie U. But that was a decent, yeah, actually, good um, game. Um, it was. Uh, yeah. Obviously, it's you know, it's. It's okay. I liked it. That's as much as I'm going to say. Yeah, and funny enough, that's that's recently just had uh, a I think an Xbox release. And funny enough, it's just called Zombie because they can't call it Zombie oh. U, really. <laughs> but but yeah, I think it's yeah it's just had an Xbox. I'm not sure about a PlayStation release, but uh, yeah. So yeah, fingers crossed for Nintendo. On paper, the Switch look like it looks like it could do quite well. Uh, we've spoken. Uh, we spoke a great deal uh, about it on the podcast a couple of weeks back, so I don't want to labour the point too much. Uh, but yeah, so uh, the other bit of Nintendo news, and it's quite ironic given that we were talking about how well or not so well the Wii U sold, is that uh, many of you will know uh, Nintendo's lovely bit of nist- uh, nostalgia throwback, the uh, NES Mini Classic Edition, whatever its official title is, the little small uh, NES with 30 built-in games, has just come out. But it's been, it's almost impossible to find one because uh, Nintendo's, as I sort of have jokingly put in the show notes, don't understand supply and demand because they seem to do have done once again what they did with uh, Amiibos in the early stages where they just aren't making enough. 
So they're selling out instantaneously, and it's like, I would understand if Nintendo was a small company and you got the sense of they physically can't produce any more. But they're a huge company. Like, they could produce millions of those little messes if they needed to, but they're just trying to artificially create demand, and it's pissing people off because lots of people want them, and they can't buy them. Like, you're seeing them crop up on Amazon and then selling out within 10 minutes. Not because 100,000 people are buying them, but because Amazon might only have 500. Like, I don't know why well, it's, Nintendo it's, it's, it's a like, sheer misrepresentation of, you know, of the demand of a console, even though it's really, you know, it's niche, you know, it's just something that is really a piece of nostalgia. But, you know, yeah, oh, of that course, sell, I mean, right? it's like, what are they called? Um, I don't even know. Those those American things know. that have the uh, the jam in them and the... That's really bad. How can I forget what that's called? Someone can enlighten me. Yeah, anyway, um but yeah. Um but yeah, I know I know what you mean. And it's just weird. They almost they seem to be more attracted to the idea of instead of saying, Look, we managed to sell a million of them, they want to say, Look, it's sold out within five minutes. And yeah, it's sold out within five minutes because you're I've now just remembered Pop Tarts. What was it? Yeah, what how 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 do Pop Tarts? Pop Tarts have been the, around forever. The, and, but they never go out of fashion. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's fair. You actually making me want some pop tarts. They end up going is, after after but, we've uh, finished recording, going down to Tesco and be like, "Yeah, where are the pop tarts?" This part, this I would like to point out this this uh, this podcast is in absolutely no manner sponsored by pop tarts. I just I feel, I feel legally obligated yes, to mention yes. this. Uh, but yes, but yes, like I said, I think Nintendo really needs to look at its approach to things financially because yeah, this happens quite a few times. Often when Nintendo launches a console, you struggle to get one. <laughs> if you want one at launch, you'll struggle. Uh, so yeah, I think it just need, it needs it needs to readjust that. Yeah. Really. Like because like the last time, like I can't even remember the last time Sony and Microsoft did it. I do have a faint memory, and this was many years ago when I was quite young, of it being very difficult to get get hold of a yep, PlayStation. That 2. was it. I remember quite well that too. The the delay. And the way that they just, you know, shipped them out was... It was controlled. Yeah. And I think, in a way, it worked. Um, because I don't... I think mm. at the time, Sony were obviously coming back... Coming off the back of the success of the PlayStation 1, which produced some of the most incredible titles, which I'm sure we're going to touch on soon. Yeah, um, yeah. As a part, you know, as a as an episode of nostalgia, I, should, I, I guess we can say. Yeah. Um, the the PlayStation Two. I mean, I don't. I, I can't remember when I actually got my first PlayStation Two, but it certainly wasn't at launch. No, but the, yeah, I I can't know explicitly. But the one thing that I do remember is I remember being very surprised that I, uh, or I should say, we as a family managed to get one of the silver PlayStations. Yes. Uh, which which was like they were seen as like the rare the rarer one. And I'm not sure if actually they were. I'm pretty sure they were shipped in even numbers. But I remember it being uncommon to see oh, a silver well, one. Yeah. Oh, but I think my first... I think I got... Oh, we got our first PlayStation 2 around 2004. So, bearing in mind, this is actually quite... That's in the middle of its sort of its cycle as a as a standalone, you know. It was a few years before the PlayStation 3. Yeah. Which famously, like at launch, sold quite badly because they tried to sell it for like. I can remember um, someone paying nearly seven hundred pounds for one. Seven hundred pounds. 
Yeah. Um, so that's a lot of money. I mean, you... well, it was partly because it was introducing Blu-ray discs, and which at the time were a new format. So it's kind of understandable that, like, that was why it was so expensive, yeah, basically. Yeah, which, is, which is fair. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. I'm just. Double, I wanted to just quickly double check to see if um, the silver one was like produced in limited numbers, but I don't think it was. It just. It seems to be one of the just range of wider colours that was available. What colours did they do? They did black, silver. I remember they did pink. I know that they definitely did it in slimline because I've seen. I saw a pink slimline in a shop window CEX the other day. Yeah, well, funny enough, I'm just using the Wikipedia page at this moment. But yeah, it mentions uh, these just in all various regions: uh, white, yellow, uh, metallic blue, metallic silver, uh, navy, other shades of blue, other shades of black. Uh, it does mention, as you say, a limited edition pink, which is apparently only done in some regions. But I wouldn't be surprised if one found its way over here. But yeah, so yeah, it came out a lot. I just wanted to prove yes, my own curiosity, but uh, yeah, it seems it seems the silver was standard. But yeah, um, we don't uh, we didn't really plan to have a bit of a, to- uh, a topic per se this week as we normally do, and I know we haven't had one for a few weeks, but that just owes to us being very busy. But I get the sense that I feel you want to talk about uh, nostalgia, PS One titles. I know I know you're a major Crash, Band- yeah, Crash Bandicoot I'm- fan. I know you're. I know you're excited for the uh, remakes, even though you don't at the moment have a PS4. Well, if once I get a release date, I think you will find me uh, ordering one on Amazon and yeah. or wherever, or just yeah, just yeah, just don't get no, a PS4. No, I don't plan to. It's, it's not, not worth it, it yet. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's a lot of. I think what we have always discussed historically is about kind of as you and I as friends, what really brought us together is games. Now, I'm, I'm trying to just pick out the top of my head um, sort of, you know, the free core uh, sort of free core titles. Now, Crash Bandicoot, I think, would have been one of them, but especially it, Crash Team Racing. Yeah, I would say if you had to go top three, and this is, this isn't, we're not just trying with, well, this listeners might sound like we're indulging on nostalgia, but I do like doing this because I like, kind of seeing how gaming is developed. But yeah, I would say if you had to give us three games, I think it would be Crash Team Racing, uh, Gran Turismo 4, and I think the game that started it all really, Robot uh, Wars Arenas of Destruction on PS2. Yes. I did. I had, I had it on PC, PC well, too. Oh. And, uh, and then it broke for me. I don't know about um, you. I don't know, really. Um, I'd, be, I'd, I, I, yeah. I'd be tickled pink if I could find a copy of it somewhere. Yeah, I've... St- I think I've still got my copy, but I always hate using it because it's a blue disc, so it makes the PS2 sound like a steam engine. <laughs> and that is another thing about the PS2, which I I, I remember because uh, one of the Crash Bandicoot games. Which one was that? The one after Crash Free, Wrath of Cortex. Wrath of Cortex. Because I, I have blue, that as well. The blue disc, notorious for the longest loading times in recorded yep. history. If yeah, and, it, and, it, and it's like it, it wasn't the game generally. It was literally the PS2 port. Yeah, the the loading times were horrendous. That's, that, that's the thing. Um, I think you know, going obviously back onto kind of what what brought us here as friends, um, Arenas of Destruction, which really is an uh, yep. in the grand scheme of things to anyone listening, a completely unknown title. Everyone know everyone knows what Robot Wars is because 
Yep, especially since it's come back in recent months and it, was very yeah, successful. Yeah, it has been successful. But I, I think a lot of yep. people didn't realise that the BBC published a game. And yep, well, there's, there's actually a few. I think there's there about was. Three, I know there? for a fact they did because the, I had it. They had a, they did a, they did a Game Boy copy, and that was called that was called Extreme yep. Destruction. Uh, I have that as well. One one of the arenas was on Mars. Yes, that was it, was it was great. Gravity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think I think as I've looked into this in the past, I think there was one other. Uh, I think PS2 era game, um, but I'm not so sure. But yeah, I think Arenas and Destruction. It's one of those classic things. Where I think if we went back and played it now, it would look horrendous, and it would be probably well, unplayable. Absolutely. I mean, and it was funny because I think we we at the time we were amazed, you know, because bearing in mind we were what ten, eleven, yeah. if not younger, and you know, yeah. it was a case of mm. these. It's, it's it was you know it was relatively customizable, but it wasn't like it wasn't yeah. Forza Horizon three. <laughs> no, but do you not do you not remember the brilliance of my, my first, first bot? bot? It was that stupid wooden bot Who with an axe. It was a good idea to you know. Okay, guys, we need to create like a starter robot for all these people that are going to play these games. What should we do? Make it out of wood so that it in- instantly combusts, so that it's impossible to do anything. Yeah, and. I think there there yeah. were cheats, weren't there? Yep, the, well, there was one cheat, and it was if if you made your username as you logged in, uh, J Pierce, a reference to the commentator Jonathan Pierce, you got like infinite money, and it unlocked Which all the robots. Which kind of gets past the problem of having my first bot, but then. Yeah, well, I never, I never remember playing the game properly. Like, I never remember doing like the proper progression. I just remember using the cheat and being like, right, I'm going to do the first event as Chaos Two. And just and destroy I think, you. Obviously, all. for us, the most memorable thing was Jonathan Pierce. Oh yeah, the commentary was fantastic, and I I, I did love that. Like when he, because he obviously he came back for the revived uh, BBC series, and while there wasn't like the silly catchphrases that you got in the game, it was great to hear because he's just what I associate with robot <laughs> exactly. wars. Exactly, um, it's just. The axe has been broken off! There'll be no more use out of that, uh, then. The flywheel has flown away. It's flown away. It'll be doing no more it's damage today. It is just... It's... It... Yeah, I, I won't no, ever forget those. It is so memorable. Um, but... It'll be tough to get through that polycarbonate shell. And the fact that it was repetitive as well. Oh, God, yeah. You, you'd hear, like... There was probably only about, say... I don't know, fifteen or so phrases. Well, there you go. Um, like to yeah to jump to another PS2 game that I wanted to talk about that I know we both loved F one hundred six, which I think was one of the best uh, one of the best uh, F one games personally because uh, I love the uh, way you could do replay cameras from the perspective of every single car, which they've only just bought back in, in, in F one twenty fifteen. But anyway, two things I want to touch on. One was I look, I saw footage of that recently, and my god, I don't remember it looking that graphically 06. terrible. If you look, if you look, yeah, if you look at footage of 06 now, it looks like it's that from is like quite the true because I think much it, like um, what we touched on before we started recording that there are some F1 games that are really washed out graphically. It's just a bit of a blur. F one oh six is just a blur. And the, gra- uh, the yeah. commentary as well. But what, Come on. Yeah. But yeah, that's the, that's what you remind me of. The commentary. The funniest thing would be, if you ever got into an accident, the commentary would go, oh, you've had an accident. And they would always say it involved whichever car was directly in front of you, even if that car was like 25 seconds and, in front of you. 
Sophie, oh, there's been a collision with Scott Speed. No, he, no, he's in a different lap. It really yeah, can't. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was poor. It was a poor shout, really. But it was, yeah. The thing that always sticks in my mind is it's E Day yeah. <laughs> because of the ex Guri driving. Yeah, it's E-day. funny because who would have. You know, oh. when obviously they were recording all these voices, who thought, right, we're going to choose that sound dub because that sounds really realistic because a commentator would say that in real life. They'd say it like, almost yeah. like they're rejoicing the fact that UGE Day has crashed out of a race. Yeah. And to be honest, like, they got Martin Brundle and I believe Mark Blundell in to do it. So it was the proper oh, yeah. commentary team. Like, I think... I think in the modern games they don't have proper commentary, but like there's like narration that's done by David Croft, who is a yes, Sky Sports yes, Croft, uh, Crofty does right do the, uh, but no, no, no race commentating, which is uh... no. Although I think they have, they've really they've expanded what your um, engineer says in the new games. Like from what I've seen of 2016, like you can have like almost conversations with your engineer. Mm. And then that also that then becomes more like a story. <laughs> Well, no, what it, what it becomes is Gran Turismo 4 B-Spec mode. Oh, don't. Which no one ever well, if played. if you wanted to complete 100% of the game... Yeah, you when you, mess, when you told me about this, I've never seen, like... You were so, like, amazed about yeah, this because when you learned this. Obviously, growing up, one of the things that we really enjoyed was trying to get somewhere with Gran Turismo 4. Now, I had this impression all this time that you needed to get yeah. gold, a gold on every single Gran Turismo license test through, you know, obviously if you're familiar mm-hmm. with Gran Turismo, you do, it goes um, sort of a, B spec, A spec, international, then the spec, then the super license. That's, that's the format of Gran Turismo 4 at least. And I believe Gran Turismo 5 from memory. Um, and yeah. I was always in the belief that to at least get to the point where you are achieving 100% of the game, is that you have to get gold in all of them. Now, I could get gold in, like, B-Spec, National B, National A. They were quite easy, but once you started getting harder, it was a case of, how can anyone do this? Like, I am literally pushing the limitations of what I can physically do here. And, um... Yeah. But then I find out that, actually, you didn't need to get gold. You just needed to complete them, because it was actually all of the, uh... The, the race events that actually uh, was credited towards completing 100% of the game to therefore win the Formula Gran Turismo, which was like the pinnacle of success, if I'm honest. Like, if if, yeah. if, if, if I was Donald Trump, I'd be happier getting 100% on Gran Turismo 4 than winning the, being elected, you know, being president-elect. Because it, yes. Gran Turismo 4 is so long-winded, and in a way... Yeah, incredibly difficult, but that's what made it so so playable. You could sit there for hours just yeah. trying to, you know, complete, you know, just a certain section, and you'd yeah. be uh... as I, as I did because as you repeatedly remind me, and I've just done the maths to double check this. When back when I was playing this game, I really really wanted a full GT. It's a, it's a nice car in real life, but I wanted it in game. And in game, it's um, as near as makes no difference. One hundred and fifty thousand credits. And at this time, I was pretty bad at the game, didn't have too many licenses, so I could only play, like, the base kind of championship, and the car at the end that you won, you could then sell for, as near as makes no difference, 8,000 credits. So what I decided to do was repeatedly do this cup, uh, 
enough times in order to gain the necessary 149,000 credits. And I've just done the maths, and it meant I did the Sunday Cup 18 times, and that had about five races in it. So I probably, yeah, I did about, yeah, 60, 70 races. A, a lot. And I can't believe that we yeah. actually thought that that would be the best resort of actually obtaining a Ford GT, until I then found out there was a particular driving mission where you could win a car in about the space of 15, 20 minutes, which you could, which you could yeah, sell no, for about, I think, 100,000 credits. No, it was two. It was well. The one you taught me that that extreme that special conditions race that Toyota you could win that was worth. I think it was, oh, two, was about two hundred fifty thousand okay. pounds. Yeah, but I've actually I've actually just checked on the wiki, and apparently you could actually win a version of it. So you didn't even have to pay for it. It had it had no stripes, but you oh right could yes win one. that was that was that was the playability of Gran Turismo Four that there were so many yeah. cars that were available. Um, the one that stood in memory whenever I always started off out playing Gran Turismo 4 if for example my memory mm. card corrupted as that famously happened to you when you had just about finished completing why, that Sunday why, Cup why Why do you have to bring why did no no no, no okay, it, it was long, long after that it was yeah. during the fa- it was during the phase of when I was I was using that special event course to just buy yeah. all the cars I liked so uh, yeah, it was long after the Ford GT phase, but yeah, I wish you hadn't been up because I, 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 I hate myself for that happened. And it was entirely my fault. It is nothing. The game didn't break well. The game broke in a sense, but I did the one thing you're never supposed to do, which was turn off the console while it was still saving because I thought it had finished. Which and is yeah, an absolute shame considering how much time we'd spent on gathering this one car. Yep. Well, no, it's more the time you put into my game to get me the licenses because ah, I was no, so that bad. That wasn't a problem. But yeah, the playability of Gran Turismo 4 comes in the fact that it's so difficult to get all the cars. And there were so many cars that you absolutely loved and you thought, oh, yeah. I need to win this. But you had mm. to win quite difficult competitions to get them. Whereas in the subsequent yeah. titles on the PlayStation 3, you can just buy them. Because everything, all the cars are yeah. available. And that was that is what, for me really stumped the playability especially of Gran Turismo 6 because you know not all the cars from that I actually really loved from Gran Turismo 4 aren't in it um I'm trying to pick pick out some some ones in particular um the auto union Audi from the 30s which is all streamlined that's not in Gran Turismo 6 I believe oh which yeah is a, a nice car to win um and that was that was the set that yeah. was the the, 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 the the awful thing about um you know the Gran Turismo Five and Gran Turismo Six. They didn't seem. They didn't feel in any anywhere near as challenging as Gran Turismo Four. Especially considering you'd have to like in Gran Turismo Four, and I believe in the subsequent titles as well. You can do the twenty-four hour Le Mans. Oh yeah, in, in, in abs- real time, in, in exact <laughs> real time. And <laughs> to think that you know, in you know, there was to actually complete a hundred percent of Gran Turismo Four, you had to do it in a spec. So you had to physically play yep. twenty four hours straight. But if you if you count sort of like breaks from pausing the game in between, which most people probably did, um, I think I actually started that because I actually I got I, I obtained a car which was capable of winning it, and I yeah. think I got about twenty minutes in, and I was like, I am not doing this. Yeah, because you could speed it up slightly. I think that I believe, was on B but... spec. I think you could. Yeah. I think you could uh, speed it up to four times, but that was it. Okay, yeah. So, so it only took you a mere 
six hours. Still, six, a, a very long yeah. six hours. But that was that was the that was the beauty yeah. of the game. But yeah, so playable. Yeah, and I've I, I, I've ne- I've never got back into the series since. Like I, I've I've come very close. Like I've I've seen five and six pre-owned and very new. Yeah. But I just uh... and like obviously the new the new one they're making at the moment, Gran Turismo Sport. I'm kind of curious to see what they do with I, that. I am too. The it format to... is obviously a new approach. It might work. Yeah. It might be a total flop, but that's okay. Hmm. Well, granted, well, they've managed to keep their record of almost continually pushing back the release date. That's uh... <laughs> which they famously did. Which they famously did with the quote-unquote PS3 launch game that was Grand Turismo Five. Four year, four, three years later, because yeah. Grand, mm, I can remember Grand Turismo yeah. Five came out when I got a PS3, which was about three three years after launch. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And then, obviously, touching on uh, uh, touching on Gran Turismo Four, the music. Well, I I knew I knew you were going to make me bring this up. It's fine. I just because yeah, I did what I did once try and insert the uh, my all time favorite piece of music, the Silver Medal license music, into this podcast. But I've listened back oh, and you can't no. hear it very well. Okay, that's a shame because I think yeah. that was also what. It was just so well developed that they even went to the length of just picking out a really good soundtrack that was just... It was so right for the game. And then with Gran Turismo 5 and 6, all you get is stupid drum and bass music. Well, what I what I would consider drum and bass. People can correct me on that, but that's what I would interpret it as. It's just not as good. Yeah. I know, I know, I know what you mean, but I, well, well, I'm not, I'm not going to dispute that the... Um... The music was bad, but someone or good or bad, but as someone who had to do the Sunday Cup uh, like twenty times, you do tend to hear the same uh, pieces I of music. Right by Kaiser Chiefs. Hopefully, this should appear on my recording. I am currently playing the Grand Turismo Silver License music. Oh, it's 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 majestic. I apologise if that's really loud. I'm going to see how Audacity picked it up. Yes, it's very yeah. loud. I apologise. I, 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 uh, I can barely I hear it that. from my end, but, but it, I, I look forward to actually being reminded oh, of that nostalgic sound. No, it should it should be nice and loud and clear on my oh, <laughs> on the final recording listeners. So enjoy that, because that is the advantage of having a non-headset-mounted uh, mic, is that I can actually play things from the external devices. The joys of being a 10-year-old, but yeah, though. But, Oh, that, yeah, that, yeah. And the joys of realising, oh, yeah, is not a good song they to have in a racing game. Days, especially when you actually thought, well, that song was funny. And now, yep. you, and now yep. you look back and think, that song. oh, that was a bit like, why yep. did they do that? Why? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. That was, a, oh, I, I enjoyed it, that, like, uh, obviously, yeah, this episode's been a bit different, but yeah, I liked it. That was a nice, as a topic, that was a nice sort of, Trip down memory lane to the sort of the era that I think the two of us really sort of, I'd say the heyday of our sort of gaming. Yeah, time, absolutely, really. absolutely. Um, mm. And I think because yeah, I think I think the PS2 in particular was really a standout console for games. Uh, like it was kind of the first console I feel where I properly engaged with games. Like I had a PS1 and I played CTR, but not to the extent like the PS2 was the first console where I was old enough to kind of fully appreciate. The games, yeah, yeah, because I think we, um, I mean, we 
had experience with the Crash games, didn't we? That was um, yeah. one of the things. And I think uh, I can always remember us growing up, and obviously, again, for listeners, this is all a lot of kind of what we experienced together as as, as kind of gamers in the past, shall we say. Um, yeah. You're always wondering whether you could play as Oxide in Crash Team Racing. That's not what I was expecting you to say in relation to it. Because the answer is you can. It's just incredibly... Um incredibly hard to do you have to like finish don't you have to finish all the games get all the relics get all the trophies i did that and it still didn't work so i i went and debunked it apparently you can't you can do it but you have to like put a cheat card in or something and it's uh it's possible it's possible but uh i wouldn't well, because there because there are cheats built into the game itself that don't require yeah that's, that's 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 correct but no, what I was expecting you to say in the case of CTR myths is, um, isn't there? Isn't it in Ruse Tubes? There's a point that looks like a shortcut, and they've always wondered if you could get there. It's like if you cr- like on like the first yeah. hill, as you like crest the hill, there seems to be like a tunnel that's like just off in the distance, and everyone thought it was a shortcut and it was possible to get there. But I, I don't think it really was. I think it's I, just part I of the think background. That's right. I, don't I don't recall such a thing there. actually um, occurring. Like I remember theor- I remember theorizing that it was possible, but yeah. I've Have never you ever seen, seen um, any clips or any images of the uh, almost remastered version of CTR? Yeah. Uh, well, po- well, it depends. Like I know, I know there was another game that was set to be released. In, I think twenty ten. That is just that was just called Crash Team Racing, and there is, and there is there's footage of that. It was never made, but yeah, there is some footage of that. But I wasn't aware of a straight CGI yeah, remaster. Yeah, that was um, that was rumored, but then again, that never happened. I mean, you go, you look at the the, the 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 titles in that kind of series that followed. You had Crash Nitro Kart and you had Crash Tag Team Racing. Ooh, I own both of those. They're not terrible. No, They're just not as good. Well, Stylistically, Crash Nitro Kart is all wrong. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. CTR had a cartoony approach, whereas CNK, I, I, I don't know what they were going for. There was there's, there's, there's a YouTube um, video of a guy that essentially, in a university style dissertation, explains the reason why Crash flopped, and not like yeah. his actual belly flopped, but not. That's a good joke, well <laughs> but actually, why the series failed, and it was because it lost um, its insanity. Because the uh, yeah. the games essentially to start off with were just plain old weird. I mean, look at Crash Team Racing. You've got uh, yeah. a polar bear and a tiger racing in carts i mean yeah that's just completely odd but it you don't think about it because it, it all is but as the titles got more and more mature they just became i think a bit lackluster and they lost their soul in a way mm. and i think yeah and I, I like there is a there is a part of me that hopes because obviously in recent uh months uh, we've seen a bit of a crash resurgence he's appearing in skylanders and we obviously know there's the ps4 remaster of the original trilogy coming and there is a big part of me that hopes for not so much a remaster of ctr i'd be happy with a port because the original game was playable on playstation 3 
Uh, but sadly, all those PS1 classics don't uh, transfer over to the PS4, unfortunately. So there's no, uh, yeah, no way to yeah, play them. Yeah, that's right. Um, in terms of going touching on the remasters, I just hope they don't do it too much to the extent where it's a different game. Because if they do that, they just need to... Yeah. I just don't think they need to change anything gameplay-wise because... yeah. Yeah, leave it alone mechanically and just kind of up-res it a bit. So not so it loses the kind of sort of, eight, not 8-bit eight charm, but sort of the graphical charm, but just little things like, so you don't have so much like the popping in of textures and things like that. Like little things like that, it's good to change. I look forward to seeing but... some of, because at the time, um, certain of the levels, for example, the levels where Coco is riding on the back of Pure and they're, you know, they're racing through the things. At the time, yeah. that was revolutionary. I can just remember just being mm. like amazed as like a seven-year-old by like this is like this is possible, yeah. Because um, it it kind of took the the side-scrolling game, flipped it the other way around, which is what the original Crash Bandicoot did. And uh, I, I yes. a funny fact: I've never completed the first Crash Bandicoot game. What as in just got to the end of the story? Or uh, 100% I actually it? never got to the end of the story either. Okay, well, isn't that that's that's isn't that weird? Because that cause didn't that that game start the thing of it's possible to get like a hundred and four percent completion. I believe it is possible. Like it, it's something weird like that that if you actually get everything, it puts you over a hundred. Yeah, the game for me that game was actually quite difficult. I mean, I haven't picked it up in years, but I do remember just finding mm. it really difficult in comparison to Crash Two and Crash Three. So yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's very much the case. As they were sort of like they were still working on the mechanics. You see oh, that even now. It was, I mean, great mascot yeah, so, for a yeah. for a PlayStation. It was going to be called, it yep. was going to be called Willy the Wombat. Willy the Wombat. Yeah, that's yeah. And funny enough, like PlayStation and then since have like they they were throwing mascots all over the place because there was um Sly Cooper, um what's uh, what the other ones uh, Jack from Jack and Daxter. I would argue if you go into the modern era, the kind of mascot for PlayStation is probably Nathan Drake. Like it's funny that yeah they've kind of struggled to kind of have a unified brand in the same yeah, way. Yeah, it's or nice Sonic. that obviously I know you're probably going to now that you've mentioned Nathan Drake and Crash Bandicoot hand in hand. No, knowing that in Uncharted Four you can play Crash Bandicoot in the game, which I think is absolutely hilarious. Yeah, I mean, that's that that that's that's such a nice moment and like the extra touches of like. There's a, there's a PS one in that game and it does it does all the PS one boot up screen and like it makes all the right noises and it's and it's really funny and like that entire scene and that, like I would argue the game like it's it doesn't spoil story plot to talk about it it's just a nice throwback but like it's very self referential and it's very funny because um it's a whole thing of actually Nathan Drake struggles to play this game and it's a whole thing of well he's within a video game and he's very good at it but he sucks at games within games like it's a funny sort of meta commentary and yeah it's just that was a that's one of the few times in a game that's put a smile yeah, on that's... my face in, in in just such a way that it's it wasn't a smile of oh my god this environment looks amazing which a lot which that game has done but yeah it was just a case of the kind of warm feeling that of you course, feel like place obviously touching on you know the those mascots i think for the playstation as well the one that i think a lot of people forget about even though he as a character still around is spyro yep yeah he has had a very similar fall from grace uh in the same way as crash had some brilliant early games and i think really as soon as he went onto ps2 he had some 
atrocious games and like, that yeah, killed the brand, really. I can, I can remember, obviously, because I believe it was Insomniac Games that developed the first three. It was. Uh, yes. Yes. And they, the first three games, especially Spyro 3, Year of the Dragon, arguably yep. one yep. of the best games I will ever play. Um, yeah. So, it's so playable. Yeah, and then, then obviously, PS2 came mm. along and they brought out... Um, wasn't it like a End new the beginning Flight, or something? That was it. I think it. That was kind of that uh, one. That yeah, was kind of, it was similar to the previous ones before it. Yeah, it was trying to be Spyro 3 yeah. on PS2, really. The, the thing with, with Spyro 3, was, and the ones before it, was it had a really cutesy charm to it. Because, like, Sparks was this, like, yeah. notchy little dragonfly that just went... Bzz, 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 and it was kind of like... That was yeah. brilliant because it was just it wasn't taking itself too seriously, and then the one after it, I forget yeah. what it's called, um, because uh, well, I can't remember because it was so bad. <laughs> um, the Spyro series, yeah. I think, from there because I can remember that they. Um, let me think. Because um, uh, there were loads of random ones like there's one, like a hero's a hero's tale, tale of the later. That was one of the later ones. Uh, yep, that was it. Yeah, there were there were there were loads. It's just, um, yeah, it was a hero's tale. And that was where I believe um, Sparks became this like brutish, like in in your face, <laughs> um, almost taking itself too seriously. Almost, almost to the point where I could almost call it laddish. Because that was yeah. bad move, bad move. Mm. Yeah, and I think the, I think the last like appearance Spyro ever made, or at least for now, was in that terrible PlayStation All Stars fighting game. Well, yeah, I believe he's in that. But you I also got to remember sure. that they also did quite a few um, Game Boy uh, titles for it, which also yeah, cro- the, crossed yeah. over with Crash titles and I think, as well, which they, which was quite. Oh yeah, because wasn't it wasn't it called like Spyro yep, Spyro Orange, Orange and... the Cortex Conspiracy and Crash and Crash Bandicoot there Purple Ripto's Ripto's Rampage. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I never played them, but yeah, I was aware of Absolutely. Them, uh, um there was uh, there have been there've been uh, some uh some uh obviously just reading up, there have been some cancelled Spyro games and uh there was one that um that mm. would have been um that would have been good, which was uh, one of the uh, older characters, Agent Nine, which is es- which is essentially oh. a very very up himself monkey that wants to ki- that wants to kill everyone. Monkey. Well, it's funny you mention it because I think there's quite a consensus that Agent Nine uh, was actually the in the basis for Insomniac for Ratchet, uh, which was for Ra- in Ratchet and Clank, which was then obviously their next project. So a lot of people have theorized yeah, that. That's right. And that was that, that was gonna be like a James apparently a James Bond like spin-off, um, in where he does missions which are kinda of like spy based surroundings. Yeah. Um that was gonna be published by Universal Interactive. Never happened. Um mm. then there's one here that I've got that I've never heard of, but it was gonna happen, which is Spyro Ever After. Oh, even the name is. It was going to be basically the first and only Spyro educational game, where, and that's where Spyro meets fairy tale characters like the Three Little Pigs, Puss in Boots, Goldilocks, and the Three Bears, the Golden Goose, which actually features in Spyro Three, which is actually a mission in that game, and Little Red Riding Hood, but that never popped. 
That never oh. got that never got past the storyboard, yeah, and I can see why. Uh, yeah, I think uh, growing up, Sparrow yeah. taught me a lot about like, <coughs> excuse me, being a person. Um, because kind of Sparrow was his kind of like noble and hero- heroic character, and then you had this flip side with money bags, if you can remember. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> The best mo- sorry, just the best moment in that game is the bit right near the end because uh, just to clarify for this, Moneybags is this character who periodically throughout the game you have to pay large amounts of uh, gems for him to like release extra characters. However, however, right near the end of the game, you get a chance to basically chase him around and get yeah, all your money back. Right. And then you've got in Spyro in in the Year of the Dragon, you've got the extra level beyond when you defeat the sorceress. And he got the skateboarding races, mm. which were just like... I can remember just playing oh. that for hours. I'd, I'd won all the gems from it anyway. And I was like, no, I was going to do this because this was just funny. Like, attacking yeah. yetis on, like, <laughs> surfing disc yeah. things. It was... Where, the, yeah. the, the, the creativity. They just think, you know, in terms of just, like... Yeah. I think... Uh, appealing to, I think, a younger audience. Because if I went back to that now as someone who is 20 years old, I'd still have fun. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I think it does have a timeless element to it. I think that's a key. Yeah, key I mean, you think about it. The, you've, uh, when Naughty Dog went on it, went on stage at E three, and they were talking about various things, and they kind of went, "Oh, by the way, we're remastering all the first. We're, we're remastering the first three ca- Crash Game. We went ballistic." Yeah, yeah, I, it's yeah. No, no one really saw that like. They, I think they kind of felt the sort of Naughty Dog had moved on to bigger and better things. It and, paved yes. the way for them bringing the franchise back to where it belongs. Because it's, that is its home, mm. and no other Crash game has ever... Because, I mean, like, Crash of the Titans, yeah. I remember playing... I remember playing that and thinking, no. this is not Crash Bandicoot, this is stupid. Yeah, because we don't we don't entirely know what Naughty Dog's doing. Obviously, there's rumors. The rumors of Last of Us Two have been floating around for a while, and they won't officially say anything. And it's like even if they are working on that, I wouldn't be surprised if they have another team working on other things because we know that they've we, they've split their development team up in the past because Uncharted Three was made by uh, like half the team Uncharted Two was made. So I think they might be Absolutely. working on other things. Just going back, I've just found some interesting trivia about the Spyro series, which I don't know whether you're A gonna be interested in or B could be quite fascinated about. But uh, the music Well, run me through it and then we'll transition into <laughs> yes, uh, this week's um, question. The uh, all the first four Spyro games, that's the first four so that includes Enter the Dragonfly all the music was actually yep. composed by the drummer of the band, Pol- the Police, who's Stuart Stuart Copeland. Oh, I think I, I, I and think he I was knew actually that. so yeah. interested in the games that he played each level to such an extent that he wanted to almost tailor make the mood and the music to the level, which is really yeah. actually quite good. Which I think you know, again, yeah. I tell you what, after we finish recording, I will um, I'll send you a YouTube video that I watched. The kind of it's like a chronological history of Spyro that also sprinkles in lots of interesting fa- interesting facts. So I think you'd uh, enjoy that. Um, anyway, I will move into. We got one question this week. I was actually quite on the ball, and I sent out a request for questions a little bit earlier than normal. And thankfully, John for One Track Gamers did send me a question, and he says, "I feel like this year's 
This year's four games are mediocre. Uh, there is not one game I'm excited for. Do you feel the same way? I got the obligatory joke out of the way that he said fall and when he means autumn. And I'm going to take that to mean sort of autumn, winter, end of 2016. And if any of our listeners saw the um, the rest of the tweets following that, I feel I said this on Twitter uh, as a joke, but I also feel I should say this on record on the podcast. I don't like Joffrey Baratheon. I watch Game of Thrones. I use that gif as a joke. I in no way endorse or approve of him. Anyway, I've said it now, so it's on record. But yeah, the game's coming out the end of this year. I, I do see where he's coming from. Like, the vast majority of games that I'm interested in are coming out at some time next year. I'm vaguely interested yeah. in Watch Dogs 2, which comes say. out... Oh, very soon, It's actually. coming yeah, it out on week, um, oh, Tuesday, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm interested in that. It's possibly going to be a Christmas game for me. But I do kind of see what it means. Like, a lot of big titles have been announced, but they're all being t- they're all next year. So that's Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, Red Dead, Detroit Become Human, Scalebound, Sea of Thieves. I could like admittedly I'm listing most of just E3, but a lot of major games are, are not coming out until next year. So I do see I do see his point. I think we've had uh, we've well I've had a lot of good games this year. Like someone pointed out on Twitter that, uh, this morning that it's been a really good year yeah. for single player games. Uh, things like Uncharted. Uh, and even just games with multiplayer elements have had better single-player elements. So Battlefield 1, I hear the single-player in the, in the new Call of Duty is very good. So yeah, I think it's, I think you've it's got been Final a good Fant- You've got Final Fantasy 15 as well. If, uh, if Well, apparently it's going to be released on the 29th of November. <laughs> yeah, but they've already pushed it back like 100 times. People have been wa- people well, waiting like 15 and, years uh, for that game. He's so. hoping that they actually uh, get to uh, doing that one. Yeah. Hey, um, hey, Corey of Amanda of the, and Amanda of the One Track Games. I hope it's really bad because I know they're super hyped for that game. I don't really. I I, I love you, really. Don't worry. Uh, but yeah, that that yeah, it's the edge on. Yeah, we fun, we fundamentally agree with you. I think I think this year has peaked in terms of games, and I think lo- I think next year is going to be a big test for our wallets and for our time. Just finding the time oh, yeah, to play games. You've I got um, obviously, for example, Gran Turismo Sport. Um, thinking of another one uh tekken 7 if you're if that's kind of you know the title that you're interested i believe that's going to be an early early year release so um yep. there's uh there's a lot to uh to look forward to uh mass effect andromeda yeah again if you're uh interested in yep. it i'm yeah i'm tempted to look into it because i've never i never played the original three and people people say they're some, like they're some of the best games of the last generation and i I'm kind of feel that because like this Andromeda has kind of tried to separate itself from the original trilogy like a new character a new setting I'd be quite tempted to, to see what see yeah, Andromeda's yeah, like yeah the, the one that's um, up to my head is a new Legend of Zelda game Breath of the Wild yeah, yeah Breath, of the, Breath of the Wild might might yeah. force me to get a Switch if, if uh, it's as good as some of the footage yeah I mean I've, I've I've taken a look and it's uh, it's nice it's akin to yeah what to be fair, you've got a Wii U, so it is also coming out on Wii U, so you could... Yeah, uh, but then it, again, obviously, I do need space. <laughs> I will probably... I'll probably end up yeah. getting a Switch, because uh, I, I have a feeling that it will probably be better than the uh, than the Wii U that I do currently have. Yeah. So, mm. that's yeah. what I that's, hope, at least. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Um, 
Unless you've got anything else you particularly want to touch on, I think I'll probably wrap no, it up for I think this we've, week. Uh, we've done good for over an hour, yeah. considering we thought we were doing a... Yeah, I was... I was yeah, I didn't think we'd get that far with not much news. Uh, but yeah, so remember, if you want to tweet the podcast, tell us what you think of it, uh, or be a guest on a show on the show, you can tweet us at GWBpod. Uh, you can email us also at GWBpodcast at gmail.com. You can email us longer questions, feedback on the show, ideas for topics, and yeah, if you want to sort out the logistics of uh, when to guest, uh, you can. We also have a Discord, which we will put a link to in the show notes. You can come in. It's uh, we'll often be there knocking about as well as some of our previous guests on the show, so it's good to chat. Uh, we're on Snapchat as GWB Team Thirty Five. Uh, you can find me personally on Twitter at another GMG blog. Uh, don't bother finding me on PSN; it's still broken. Uh, you can also find my blog at nickpjenkins25.wordpress.com. Uh, the sadly absent Dapper, you can find her. Just Google Dapper Paper Bag. Uh, Adam, I'm not going to force you to give out your social media details if you don't want to. Um, find if you. they want you to find me, um, I am on Twitter at agil96. Um, and cool. yeah, that's about it. Because I'm not going to start like I'm not going to be like that's, <laughs> I'm not going like, no, to. I'm not. I'm not here to plug myself. Um, I have really, I've really enjoyed my time uh, no, on the uh, on the podcast, no, and lovely, uh, maybe one day uh, again yeah. we can. Uh, Maybe a bit, maybe a bit more yes. like rounded on what we actually discussed, and yeah, a bit more. Stru- but then again, a bit more again, again, I think we've had you um, know we've kind of gone back in time to the days when we were uh, the yeah. kind of the untainted, unopinionated, you know, <laughs> early early yeah, youth that, kind yeah, of I'm... you know gaming. Gaming yeah, obsession definitely. where we really didn't know what we were actually doing at the time, but uh, yeah. there you go. And um, yeah, and one last thing for you listeners before you uh, before we leave you, uh, we have uh, we as a podcast have uh, an interesting project lined up in the next kind of couple of weeks. I'm not going to spoil it because it's not really my place to spoil, but it's going to be a lot of fun if we manage to pull it off, and it's going to be something that we've been looking forward to doing for a good number of weeks. So I look forward to that. You may you'll probably end up hearing a great deal of us. Uh, but for now, thank you very much for listening. We will see you next week. Goodbye. And goodbye.